Welcome back to Bankruptcy 101. I'm your host, bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft, and this is a podcast where I give you some of the basics about filing bankruptcy and help explain better how that process works and affects you. I'll give you some of the negative and some of the positive consequences that come along with filing for bankruptcy. On this episode, we are going to be talking more about the automatic stay. The automatic stay. What is it? How does it help you? What's it good for? And how does it work? So let's talk about this term, the automatic stay. What is it? It's really a provision of the bankruptcy code that makes creditors stop all their collection efforts against you. So when you hear the word stay, think of the word stop. Obviously, there's going to be some exceptions to that rule. For the most part, you should think of it as a way to stop all the collection efforts against you at that time. So when does this automatic stay go into effect? When do the creditors have to stop their collection efforts against you? That automatic stay goes into effect immediately upon the filing of your bankruptcy case. That's when you're protected. So if you file a bankruptcy and you've been getting garnished or there's somebody trying to sue you or something like that, they're going to have to stop that process. But they're not going to be able to stop it right away because obviously creditors aren't going to get notice of that bankruptcy right away. The stay is still in effect no matter what once the, once you file. But we do have to give creditors a little bit of slack there and give them time to get notice of the bankruptcy that they can stop those efforts, okay? All right, so what does the automatic stay do? Well, we talked about it protecting you from any further collection efforts. One of the really cool provisions about the automatic stay, if you file a Chapter 13, remember a Chapter 13 is a plan where we're paying back some of the debt to your creditors. If you file a Chapter 13, the automatic stay is also going to protect a co-debtor in your case. So, for example, let's say mom co-signs a car with you. You're both on the title. You're both uh, on the loan for that. But you're the one that's supposed to be making the payments, and you fall behind on those payments. Well, the bank's going to want their car back. If you file a bankruptcy, you can stop them from repossessing the car. The bank doesn't get to come in and say, well... You filed, but your mom didn't, so we're going to go after the car because your mom is on that loan as well. They're not allowed to do that. The Chapter 13 automatic stay will protect your mom in that case or any co-debtor. So that's a really neat provision about that. So you can't just call the bank with the loan and tell them you filed bankruptcy. They're not going to stop. You can't just... uh, call your employer and tell them that you filed bankruptcy, stop the garnishments, any of that. You have to give notice to the creditors. The creditors are going to have to take the action, not you. But they should stop those collection efforts. So let's talk about some of the more common collection efforts that are stayed when you file a bankruptcy. I just mentioned one of them uh, that is one of the most common that we see in almost, well, a lot of the bankruptcies we file. And that is if you're being garnished. So what if a garnishment is happening and you file the bankruptcy? How does that work? Well, the very first thing that should happen is that your attorney should be contacting the creditor or the creditor's attorney that's doing that garnishment to make the garnishment stop. They're going to have to provide a release of garnishment to your employer. You can't call your payroll department. You can't just have it stop automatically. That attorney that is garnishing you or that creditor that's garnishing you 
is going to have to provide a release to your employer before that garnishment will stop. All right, the next real common one that we see that you get protection from when you file the bankruptcy and get the automatic stay is that in a foreclosure. So in this scenario, you have got a real estate uh, that you have been missing payments on, and it's now in the foreclosure process, and so you come in to file a bankruptcy to try to stop that process. So will it stop that process? Well, it will, and it's usually going to stop the foreclosure in its tracks, but you need to be aware that if you file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, thinking that the automatic stay is going to prevent your mortgage company from foreclosing, you're mistaken. That's not going to happen. Really, all you're doing if you file a Chapter 7 is you're prolonging the foreclosure process. Your mortgage company in that scenario is just going to go into the bankruptcy court and get what is called relief from the automatic stay. And that's the mortgage company's way of saying to the court, hey, look, we've got a lien on this property and this person filed bankruptcy, but they're still not paying and they're behind. So we have a right to come after the property. And in a Chapter 7 scenario, the, the bankruptcy court is going to give them permission to do that. So Chapter 7 is really not a long-term solution to falling behind on mortgage payments. It's just going to prolong the foreclosure process. The only way you're going to get that automatic stay in place to help you in a bankruptcy and in a foreclosure situation is if you file a Chapter 13. Because in a Chapter 13, you're going to be proposing a plan to pay back those mortgage arrearages. And because of that, the mortgage company is not going to be able to come in usually. There's some scenarios they can, but most of the time they're not going to be able to come in and get relief from that automatic stay. Now, I told you there's sometimes they will be able to, and that does happen, especially if you are a habitual bankruptcy filer or what the court looks at and deems as a serial filer. If you have filed multiple bankruptcies, especially if you've done that within the past year, even a Chapter 13 may not save your home from foreclosure. Now, this is why I say it's really important for you to get the help of a bankruptcy attorney if you're filing a Chapter 13, because if that case dismisses because of something you did do or something you didn't do, and you have to refile another case, you may not get the benefit of the automatic stay. So really, really important that you have an attorney that's helping you in that situation so that uh, you don't have multiple bankruptcy filings on your record that prevent you from getting the automatic stay. Okay, next area, one of the big benefits of the automatic stay is that it's going to stop any lawsuits that are pending against you. It'll stop people from filing suit against you and it'll stop any lawsuit that is currently going on. If somebody is suing you and you file a bankruptcy, it will either kill that lawsuit altogether or at least it's going to pause that lawsuit. So if you're being sued and a judgment hasn't entered yet, it can really be a big benefit to get that bankruptcy filed before the judgment enters so that the automatic stay keeps that judgment from entering against you. All right, one other area, a little bit... Uh, less common, but nonetheless, it does come up, is if there's a divorce proceeding going on, and you might ask yourself, why do I need the automatic stay to be in place when there's a divorce proceeding going on? Now, 
The automatic stay in the bankruptcy filing is not going to stop a divorce court from entering a divorce decree against you because the bankruptcy court does not want to intervene in uh, the marriage situation and whether the marriage stays together or doesn't. And so the what's going to happen in a divorce proceeding is that the automatic stay may go into effect in terms of not allowing the divorce judge to force one party or another to pay debts that may have been included in the bankruptcy. So it'll, it'll stop that, but it'll still usually allow that divorce judge to go forward and at least dissolve the marriage. The issue of debts and division of assets can happen later, but the automatic stay is really only going to apply if the judge is trying to order someone to pay debts that were included in the bankruptcy. Okay, well, we have talked about some of the more common actions that are stayed or stopped by the filing of a bankruptcy. So now let's talk about some of those actions that will not be stopped if you file a bankruptcy or where the automatic stay may not apply. So we addressed this just a couple minutes ago with the repeat or serial filers of bankruptcy. That can be an issue if you've had multiple cases within the past year there may not be an automatic stay in place even if you do file a bankruptcy. The bankruptcy code anticipates these kinds of scenarios and it, and it contemplates the very issue. So if you're filing multiple cases in one year, you need to be aware there may not be a bankruptcy automatic stay in effect at all. So then you file bankruptcy for no reason. Now, if a creditor has received what's called in-rem relief against your property the automatic stay isn't going to help you either because that means that the creditor is tired of you filing a bankruptcy every time they try to foreclose. So they've gone in and got what's called in-rem relief, which is relief against the property itself. And so the filing of a bankruptcy won't stop uh, the collection efforts of the foreclosure on that property. The automatic stay really won't have an effect if there's in-rem relief. So you need to be aware of that. One of the more common uh, questions that we get from clients who call in is if the bankruptcy will stop an eviction. They're, you know, they've fallen behind on their rent payments. The landlord is trying to evict them from the apartment or the house, and they want to file a bankruptcy to stop that auction, that, that action. The bankruptcy automatic stay is not going to protect you in an eviction situation. The court is not going to force a landlord to let, let you live rent-free. Now, what it will do the automatic stay will prevent that landlord from trying to collect any past due rent that came due prior to the filing of the bankruptcy. They won't be able to collect that from you, but it's not going to stop the actual eviction process to get you out of that property. So don't think that the automatic stay is going to save you in that scenario. One of the other areas that we see a little bit less common is actions in a criminal court. Sometimes people think that the filing of a bankruptcy will stop a criminal action. Maybe it's some kind of a white-collar crime that's going on, and they think that, well, because somebody's trying to collect, I can just file a bankruptcy, and it'll stop that criminal action. And that is not the case. Now, if the government's just trying to collect a debt somehow, and it's not using its policing powers to do it, it will stop that. But it's not going to stop the actual criminal court from proceeding with criminal charges against you. So be aware of that. One of the other areas, uh, also a little bit less common, is when we see alimony and support proceedings going on. Usually, the bankruptcy court's going to allow those to go forward because the bankruptcy court doesn't want to get involved with who should be paying what to whom. So 
those are not usually going to be stayed by uh, the automatic stay. Now, let's talk about the big scenario, the elephant in the room. What if a creditor violates the automatic stay? And this happens regularly. But what you have to realize is that most of the time, violations of the automatic stay are unintentional. So, for example, let's say you file a bankruptcy on a Friday afternoon. Monday morning, the creditor files a lawsuit against you. Well, that creditor really didn't know you filed bankruptcy. So even though technically they're violating the automatic stay, we're not going to get real aggressive with that creditor. We're simply going to give them a call, let them know about the bankruptcy, and usually that's enough. I always give that creditor a little leeway depending on when we filed, what the action was that was taken, did they have adequate notice before they took the action. So we're going to look at all of those facts, but we're not going to get real aggressive in a situation like that. If it's just an oversight, we'll get the money back if they've garnished you after you file the bankruptcy. Um, we'll be able to take care of things. But if it's just an oversight, we're not going to really get aggressive. It's when that violation is intentional. That's when your bankruptcy attorney should be getting aggressive with that creditor. And I'll give you a short example of this when it happened in one of the cases that I filed. I filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy for a young man who had just uh, returned from Iraq recently. He was a combat veteran. He was suffering mentally uh, from the experiences he went through, and he was seeing a private psychologist to help him deal with these situations. And as he went along, he owed this psychologist some money. Well, it came time for him to file a bankruptcy. We needed to try to clean up his financial mess uh, to also help him through his life. So we filed the bankruptcy. We included the psychologist as a creditor in the bankruptcy so that uh, my client wouldn't have to pay that debt back. And once the psychologist received notice of the bankruptcy filing, he sent my client an email, and he literally said to my client in that email, you will never be a good person until you pay me back. That is literally what he said in the email. Luckily, it was in writing. We had it. And so in that kind of a situation, I got very aggressive. I went after that psychologist. The smartest thing that he did was hire a good attorney who looked at the facts and realized his client had made a tremendous error. And at the end of the day, uh, not only did my client not have to pay back the psychologist's fees, but the psychologist had to pay my fees and had to pay my client for violating the automatic stay intentionally. So in a situation like that, we're going to get real aggressive with a creditor if they're messing around. If the collections continue, your attorney can ask the court to sanction that creditor. And that's what I did in that case. I filed a motion for sanctions against the creditor because of that bad behavior. And if that happens, the court can order that creditor to pay you, pay your attorney's fees, and they can sanction that creditor with punitive damages. Now, we don't see a lot of high punitive damages because most of the people who violate the automatic stay are what I call ma and pa creditors. So most of the time, it's going to be landlords or local medical providers, something like that. So we won't see real high punitive damages awarded in those cases for violations of the automatic stay. When you see high damages, it's because you've got you know a large bank or a credit card company, something like that, doing uh, some pretty egregious behavior, then you could see punitive damages even in the millions. So it's going to depend on the creditor and how egregious that behavior is. Well, I hope you have learned a little bit more about the automatic stay, how it applies. 
how it helps you in the filing of a bankruptcy. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If you have more questions about the automatic stay and anything else we've talked about on this podcast, reach out to a bankruptcy attorney in your area. If you're in the state of Utah, reach out to me. I'm bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft and your host of Bankruptcy 101.